2: Big hockey game coming up Thursday night at the Rock. Rangers-Devils, so each team has played 74 games. The Devils have a two-point lead on the Rangers right now for that second spot in the Metro Division. Devils are at 100, Rangers are at 98. Both teams have clinched a playoff spot. You get the Islanders uh, in fourth in the Metro Division right now, still looking like they're going to be in good shape as far as the postseason goes. Islanders with 85 points you get the Panthers with 79, Caps with 76. Islanders should be okay to get into the postseason if you start to wind down the NHL's regular season. Same with the NBA, start to wind down. Basically, should be set, borrowing something drastic. It's going to be the Devils and the Rangers. Now, we don't know who's going to be the, the home team in that series. If the Devils win Thursday, Devils are going to be the home team. If the Rangers win, they have a chance to steal that home ice from the Devils. But we're going to basically be looking at Devils Rangers' first round of the postseason, Knicks Cavs' first round of the postseason in the coming weeks. You got the draft coming up, obviously, opening day tomorrow. It is a great time to be a sports fan. Danny is calling from Seafried, New York. What's up, Danny?
4: Hey, Sal, how are you? Calling from Seaford. Thanks for the phone call. Oh, Seaford. Seaford. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Oh, what's Um, up, Danny?
4: Great time for sports is right. Um, I'm super stoked for Thursday. I'm hoping for my Mets uh, opening day we get a good start. But like you said, uh, I think the Rangers are finally uh, coming together as a team, as a squad. And uh, what better test against the Devils uh, on Thursday night? And, uh, you know, tonight we all look good, but, we, you know, we're playing uh, Columbus and... Uh, you know, Igor is starting to look better from the Igor
2: of last year, so I'm excited, you know? Well, that's that's the biggest key. We've talked about it all year, Danny, when it pertains to the Rangers. Now, they loaded up with Tarasenko, with Kaner, and you know that uh, you know they should be their first four lines, special teams. That all should be good to go, especially now that they're playing together here for an extended period. The biggest key, however, was the play of Igor Shesterkin. Absolutely. And he, he has looked like Igor of last year. He's getting hot at the right time. I really, truly believe the Rangers are going to win the Cup this year. I just feel it.
4: Sal, I feel it, too, and that's what I'm talking about. You're saying everything right. Hot and healthy at the right time. I think we're finally gelling. I think this is the year, and uh, I'm really excited, and uh, hopefully we get that uh, that home ice advantage over the Devils, as we'll certainly need it. Yeah,
2: you, you're right. No, thank you, Danny. We appreciate you taking the time. They... It would be nice to have home eyes. And look, it's not going to be easy. I mean, the NHL's postseason is a gauntlet. You know that. I just get that feeling. I mean, they were close last year. They have all the pieces in place. It's a matter of putting it together at the right time, being a little lucky. Maybe this is finally the year. But they are loaded. Loaded. Kane playing the way that he's playing now, on top of everything that they had, the kid line, whether you want to call it that or not anymore. uh, I mean, they are, everything's in place. And Igor's getting hot at the right time. I mean, they've caught the devils here. There was a period not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, or maybe even a a week and a half ago, whatever it was, where, you know, remember, after the initial trades and everybody was starting to panic, that Kane and Tarasenko weren't lighting it up right away, and the Rangers didn't look good for that short period. And then they started to get some practice time together, and then started to come together. But before that, there was a time where people were worried about the Rangers going backwards and maybe getting caught by Pittsburgh or the Islanders. Now they're catching the Devils here. The Bruins, clearly, the far and away best team in the NHL. But we've seen it before where the top teams, the President's Trophy winners, have gone down. And the Rangers are a long way from from playing the uh, the Bruins. But I really just feel it that this is going to be the year for the Rangers. Now, what does that mean? Absolutely nothing. Who the hell knows? I felt the Mets were going to win the division last year. But the pieces are in place. This is as complete a team as we have seen in quite some time. Mike is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Mike?
5: Hey, what's going on? Let's go Rangers, baby. Let's go Rangers is right. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, That's how I'm called. That last segment uh, was fantastic. I don't disagree at all with any of of the segment, except that the Yankees season was not like a bore at all. Aaron, you know, Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs. I remember my my grandpa telling me about Mickey Mantle. Every time he came up to the plate, you had to stop everything you were doing and watching it. My father was uh, used to tell me every time Reggie Jackson got up to play, you had to watch it. I saw Darrell Strawberry every time he got up to it. You know, every time Aaron Judge was up to the plate, every Yankee fan, even non-Yankee fans, had to watch it. So, so other than everything you said about the, I don't, you know, about about the seasons and and mm-hmm. the, and the teams, I don't disagree at all. But don't disregard the fact that the regular season last year of the Yankees was super, super exciting. You know, well, he got hit sixty.
2: Yeah, you know? well, well, you're right. You are correct, and I should have specified. No, no. Well, I should have specified yeah. from the from the entertainment aspect of Aaron Judge. Absolutely historic, must Back watch. On? I mean, yeah. I remember watching the at bats. My point was more about the division. There was no drama, and you were right. Well right there's no, doubt. Right, like there was no yeah. drama at all with the division. It, it, it was Yeah. And that was agreed. That's kind of what I meant. Yeah,
5: but- no, I I, I and I agree a hundred percent what you were saying, but what, but I had to call him. I'm laying down in bed and I was like, I have to call him. No, I appreciate it. was, you know, what I mean, what if he hit sixty-five home runs this year? I mean, I don't want to get crazy here, but you, but I, uh, Volpe, 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 Volpe. Everybody's talking about the kid, but Aaron Judge is still there, and and he has a lot to prove. He's our
2: captain now. I'll be very, you know, I just he is the captain now. Look at me, look at me. I watched. The, he I, is the captain now. I watch Yeah, I just. <laughs> No, Mike, he, you know, and thank you for the call, Mike. I appreciate you checking in. And you're right, you bring up a good point. I should not just overlook the entertainment that Aaron Judge brought from day one throughout the course of the season. Last year's Yankees regular season was Aaron Judge. It was all about Aaron Judge. They put the division basically out of reach early on. That's what my point was, that there was no drama there, where I think this year you might have more competitiveness within that division. Maybe it comes down to the final week or two weeks of the season, realistically, where it could go either way. Where last year was about, oh, can they close the gap to six games? Maybe they could get it to four games. And it really was never, the division was never really threatened for the Yankees. Or by anybody outside of the Yankees. But watching Judge, I mean, man, even thinking about it now, going through it was crazy. I remember going out in September, I was going to visit my buddies. We had a a weekend trip out there to celebrate one of my friend's 40th birthday. And we went to the Mets versus the A's. And we went to a Giants game. Check off those ballparks out there. And on on the flight out there, I remember talking to people on the plane watching Aaron Judge. And his at-bats, I remember being out there and wherever we were trying to make sure we're in front of a TV or pull it up on the phone to watch Judge and his at-bats. That was obviously toward the end of the season, but man, it was a a great run for Aaron Judge and a very entertaining and exciting regular season from an individual standpoint. With watching history in the making, Chris is calling from Orlando, Florida. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Sal. So what's going on, bud? How are you, Chris? Hey, man. Just uh,
1: enjoying the the good radio you produce it each and every night, whether you have sleep or not, man. I appreciate.
2: Yeah, I, well, I appreciate that. Tonight, I'm not feeling it. Today, I feel like I'm off my game a little bit, but nonetheless, we're here.
1: It's all good, man. Hey, I listened to the Rico today. Good, good, good spot with Evan. Look, I think when we go, and I, I definitely want to make a point, but I'll say this first, uh, Sal. So. Well, when when you try to compare apples and oranges, it, it's difficult, right? Because the Yankees and, and most offenses against the Mets, when you're an upper upper up upper team, whatever the f- saying is, yeah, I'm upper echelon <laughs> <Upper range> <laughs> team. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, when you when you compare guys that can hit home runs compared to the Mets being a team that puts the ball in play. I mean, look, you drive a Porsche and you set the GPS to, from New York to Florida you can get here just like you can with a, a, a Ford, right? A, or, or, you know, it's, you can still get to the bottom line and get to the playoffs, but it's how you get there. Are you going to be a team that's flashy that, that, that is more exciting to watch. It's a perfect example, South, the Rangers and Islanders, the Islanders are the top wild card and have a lot more points than a lot of other flashy teams. And, but the Rangers are more fun and the Islanders are boring, right? So it, it, if you get there, that's what matters. And you look, if the Mets were firing on all cylinders last year, we'd be a, we'd be talking about a little bit different of an ending. They just went through their cold spell, like the Girardi Phil Phillies did in the beginning of the year. And here's my point, though. Well, let me just to make. And let me. And I'll, ahead, I'll, I'll, let you,
2: I'll let you get to your next point. Let me just say yeah. this, though: the Mets are built on pitching, right? They are not built. Well, maybe the Yankees were the opposite, and this year they tried to balance it out. The Mets are built. On pitching, and when you sustain a blow like Edwin Diaz, that's tough to overcome for a team that is built on their top two starters and their closer.
1: Right, Sal, and this is not my point. Please, uh, you'll like my point. But to answer rebuttal, you though the Mets, nobody thinks they're going to be, you know, four four point five five runs again this year, but they're going to be top five or six again. So they're a boring offensive top-five team last year. Let's be honest, compared to other teams that have guys that can hit the homers. When you compare the Braves, you would think, oh, the Braves had a much better offense than the Mets. Well, technically, statistically, they didn't, right? They weren't a top-five offense. So here's my point, though, Sal. A lot of people put wing the division this year. It'd be nice to have the buy, and you guys hit that a lot in the brony today. About winning the division is important in getting the bye. But we're all assuming that winning the NL East is going to get you the bye. Look at the Cardinals last year. They won their division and had to play a wild card series. So I don't even think, even if the, whoever wins the NL East, I think that there's less of a chance to be top two for any of those three teams. I think it's going to be the Padres or Dodgers, and then it's going to be the Central, being that the Central is even worse than they were last year. So just because you win the division, I just wanted to make a point. Uh, doesn't give you that automatic by the way people are talking.
2: Well, that is true. And and thank you for the call, Chris. And we did mention that on the podcast that I did uh, with Evan on his Rico Bronya podcast. And I told the story. I don't think I told this on the air, but I was telling Evan uh, during a podcast. I also recorded the podcast with JJ last night. And I mentioned this story too. That when I was in Port St. Lucie, I spoke with both Buck and Billy Epler. One of whom said that the goal is to get the bye. The other uh, uh, said that the bye could be harmful. And you're right. We just look at it as winning the division as a bye. That is not the case. You have to be the top two teams to get that bye. One of the top two. Obviously, last year was the Dodgers and the Braves. Will the Mets be a top two in the National League this year? I mean, you have to win the division to have a shot at that. And I do think that the NL East winner should be better than the Central winner. Will they be better than the West? Hey, I don't know. It's nice to be in the conversation and at least have that possibility and potential. By the way, Buck was the one who said that he thought the division might be able to, or the, um, the buy might do more harm. Not that he doesn't want to win the division. Of course he does. But just saying, and I've heard this from Terry Collins too, who after sweeping the Cubs away in the 2015 NLCS said that the layoff hurt them going into the World Series. You know, Epler was like, it's all about getting the bye, getting a rest, reset. I think I'd rather take my chances with the bye. 877-337-6666. Bob is in Freehold. What's up, Bob? Hey, Sal. How's it going, man? Good, Bob. How are you?
6: Good man, you're you are definitely a must listen to radio, dude. Oh, no doubt.
2: I appreciate um, I got,
6: that. Yeah, no problem. I have a question about. The, um, I agree with the, a lot of the uh, rule changes with MLB and everything, but the one that I I didn't want to see go was the shift. I just think that uh, you know, if you have, you as a player, as a coach, is to study each player and and the place your you know your your field is where you think they're going to hit it. I mean. You know, what's the difference if you tell the opposing pitchers coming into the stadium that you can't throw cutters and curves to judge because the fans don't want to see him go once or five with a single? <laughs> you know, so you got to throw them fastballs only. Well, or, or tell them, you know, or tell them a bell sheet that, you know, if he's got the top uh, wide receiver and, you know, if the other team's cornerback goes out and they bring a rookie, you can't throw the ball to him.
2: Well, I mean, it's kind of like, think of it this way. It's like an illegal defense. You just can't you can move your your fielders anywhere you want. You just can't have multiple you can't have more than two guys on either side of the bag. I mean, I don't I don't think that that's that big of a difference compared to like you're saying, "Oh, telling a pitcher yeah. you can't throw a certain pitch or, you know, Belichick right. whatever the analogy is there. All you're saying is, "Yeah, you can move your guys wherever you want, but you can't have more than two guys on either side of the base." And I feel like that's fair. So, so it's just a little
6: Little extreme, I guess. It's, it's you know, I, I, I get all that, but I just think you know, I you know, if you are going to put two guys on one side of the field and hit to the other side, I think that makes it makes more
2: exciting than right. Just, well, uh, what happened is know. what what happened is the sport itself, as you right. know, Bob, did right. not adapt to these changes. Yeah. So once teams started getting smart with the analytics and then positioning these mm-hmm. these fielders perfectly, the offense right. did not keep up. And it made the game suffer because of it. So now, to try to fix it, baseball has to go to these extremes and and ban the ship. Yeah,
6: yeah, I get, I get, I get it, I get it Sal, man.
2: <laughs> well, let me let me ask you: You think the game's going to be better, or as far as more entertaining, or less entertaining with these new rules?
6: Well, well I think I think it's going to be maybe um, more. I get all that more entertaining. Yes, we know with not having a shift and right. maybe the bases are bigger, so there's more stolen bases. I mean, you know, I was a big fan in the '70s and everything. I couldn't even tell you who led the league in stolen bases for the last ten years. Me I had neither. No idea. Me
2: neither. And, you know, and I just, more more than that, you probably, I mean, it'd probably be what 25, 30 bases max, I guess. Yeah,
6: yeah, it's, yeah. Which is nothing. I was, I mean, the guy who was probably in tenth place in the '70s had that for the year. Right. You know, it's just. It's a different game, yeah, but I just think the shift, I just, you know, I I get it all where you can't have too many players on the one side. But I no, think, no, you're, you know, you're
2: right. I mean, you're not alone, Bob, and thank you for the call. Good baseball conversation there. You're not alone where a lot of people feel like this is foolish of baseball to where they shouldn't have to be banning the shift. The guys should be able to hit. Uh, John Birdie, by the way, as I'm looking this up, if this is correct, led the league in stolen bases last year with 41. Jorge Mateo had 35. Cedric Mullins had 34. Yeah, that's what you're talking about with 30. Yeah, let's see how many guys had 30. Bobby Witt had 30. Uh, Tommy Edmond. Rosarina had 32. Yeah. Not a great list there. Where it used to be, obviously, uh, uh, I mean... Let's just look up 1988, one of my favorite years. 1988, stolen bases leader. I mean, it, was, it had to be rookie. Yeah, Ricky, 93. 93! Vince Coleman, 81. Damn, Ozzy Smith, 57. Oh, Otis Nixon, I used to love him. Chris Sabo had 46 pegs? I mean, come on. Canseco, 40-40. Those were the days. The game is different. But I get what you're saying, where Major League Baseball players should be able to put the bat on the ball and take advantage of a team who's leaving a whole side of the field open. But the offensive players that have been brought to Major League Baseball are not great hitters anymore. Launch angle, strikeouts, walks. Not everybody's Jeff McNeil being able to put the bat on the ball. So to correct another wrong, they had to ban the shift. I do think the bottom line, though, whether you like it or not, and obviously the game is a different game than it was in the 70s or 80s, these rules will help get the game closer to what it used to be and make it more entertaining. And for that, I like the rules. Because I don't care if they ban the shift or not or if it's fair right or wrong as long as it makes the sport more entertaining. And when you're going to have guys diving for balls up the middle now or diving to the left or right, you know, making plays defensively, I like that. You're going to maybe have, you know, more base hits in the infield. I like that. Or getting through the infielders, I like that. I think the game is going to benefit from it. Same thing with the bigger bags. And the pickoff rules, maybe you have more stolen bases, which is An exciting part of baseball. I like that. Baseball does a lot of stupid things. The rule changes to me have...
3: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Get
2: the discussion started. Call the fan
3: at 877-337-6666.
2: Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. back on the fan. eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. 337 So I went last night and saw the movie Air, which I guess, when does that come out in theaters? Because it was, a, I believe it was an early screening. I saw on some of the signs maybe a, next week, I guess it comes out. Anyway, it is, a, uh, uh, no spoilers. I mean, right. I, uh, no spoilers. Michael Jordan turns out to be the greatest basketball player ever. Um, but it was just a fantastic movie. And and nowadays, where nobody has a, an attention span, you know, long enough at all to sit through anything without checking their phone or worrying about what they're doing next or, you know, getting restless. I sat there for two hours, and by the way, I thought for sure I was going to be sleeping going in because you know I'm shot. I haven't slept in a while. Um, I think I'm on you know four or five hours sleep, and it's the second night in a row, it starts to catch up with you. I mean, I'm luckily I made it home yesterday. You're not going well. Let's do it again today, hopefully, but. Uh I I thought I was going to crash but the movie was so good so was the popcorn. The movie was so good. I was into it the whole time. I mean it was that there was no lull in the movie at all. In your face, great storytelling, great acting. No lull whatsoever. I mean, I enjoyed Creed 3 when I went to see it. I wouldn't compare it to this. I think this movie was great. You got to go see it. And I'm trying to think if my wife would like it or if it's just because I, you know, know some of the story about Jordan and Nike. But maybe this is a movie that goes beyond just being a sports fan or knowing about Jordan because it is a great story about how the company basically took a chance going all in to lure Michael Jordan, who didn't want to sign on with Nike. Anyway, Aflac was great. It's really Matt Damon's movie. Matt Damon is the star. And you know what? Jason Bateman's in it as well. He's got to be one of the great actors that we've we've seen in recent years. I mean, I love Jason Bateman. Everything this dude is in, he's great. He is great. He might be one of the most underrated actors out there right now. He plays different roles. He could be funny. He could be serious. Even as serious sometimes as funny. Uh, Jason Bateman
7: is fantastic. Did you get to meet any of these guys being at the premiere?
2: No, no, no. It wasn't the premiere. I thought I was going to the premiere.
7: It was just a screening of it. The premiere was the night before. But was it even one of those screenings where some of the guys from the movie will come out and do like a 15-minute Q&A? No, no. And I've been to plenty of those,
2: and I love those. But it was at the theater on uh, the Upper West Side at the Lincoln Square Theater, which is my favorite movie theater. By the way, I used to live up there, so I used to live on the Upper West Side, so getting off the subway, going to meet my buddy Jimmy Trana, who invited me to this screening, it brought me back. I mean, I spent hour, I spent days in that movie theater when I was living in the city. Single cell. Single cell, correct. And I, to a point where I got off the subway and I'm like, man, I may have to come back. And then it hit me a couple of blocks in. The smell of weed in the air that you just cannot escape in the city now. And I've never done drugs, so I, I don't. It's just not for me. I get that it's legal now, whatever. It's just not my thing. I can't stand the smell, and like you can't avoid it. Have you guys noticed that walking around the city now, like it is everywhere?
7: Well, you forget I can't smell anything,
0: so oh, no, nothing has changed for me.
2: I keep forgetting that. Fleeg. EJ, have you noticed uh, an uptick in
0: that? In the yeah, last... I've noticed an uptick in the weed smell and just smoking in general on the subway. It's just like allowed now. It's crazy.
2: On the subway. I'm talking about in the city streets.
0: Right, no, in the streets as well. I'm just saying, like, not only is it in the streets, but now on the subway, whether it's in trains or on platforms. Like, I've seen more smoking on the subway since the lockdown that I've seen in my entire life in this last year.
2: Luckily, I've not seen that, but
0: I do see it on the streets and smell. Like, is it legal? It's legal just smoke weed in the streets? It's definitely, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think so. I think you get a citation if you get If technically you're supposed to get a citation. But people don't care anymore. I mean, it smells like I don't think they're being enforced, by the way.
2: That's what I mean. I I would not, honestly, I would not want to live here just because of that. I smell it everywhere, every block. I noticed it yesterday coming in here. I was like, damn, what the hell? Well, as I parked my car a block away, walking over, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And meanwhile, I don't even see people. I don't know where it's coming from.
0: But I think it's also, like, neighborhoods. Because, like, where I live in Queens, like, I don't deal with that, really. But if you're in Manhattan, I feel like The closer to Midtown you are, especially, just. Uh, not again! I can't
7: smell it, but I can see it. I mean, you walk like from Penn Station, like going uptown or down a couple blocks. Every five feet, there's somebody selling weed on the streets. Yeah, I mean, on like I, Seventh or Eighth Ave.
2: It's it's like all hell's broken loose. So in that moment, I got off the subway and I was enjoying my old stomping grounds, the Upper West Side over there, Seventy Second Street, Lincoln Center. I love, love, love the area. So many great memories. That theater is my favorite theater on earth. I love it. And then I was just so turned off by the smell of the weed. And I was like, I can't do this. I guess it's Long Island or Jersey. Although I don't want to maintain the house. And then I got the, you know, the text from the landscaper earlier in the week. Hey, like to set up a spring cleaning. Here we go again with that. It never ends mulching and mowing and spring cleaning and trimming and all the, the all the wonderful stuff that goes along with being a homeowner. But I'm torn. There's no good way to do it. If not for the weed smoke, I'd try to get back into the city. Prices be damned. And I wonder what the prices are. And I was going to look into it, but I just can't take the smoke or the smell of it. 877-337. But go see the movie. It is a – it's honestly – I wouldn't say Creed 3 is must see unless you're into the Rocky movies, which I do think are must see. But like, you don't need to see Creed 3. You do need to see the Rocky movies. You don't need to see Creed. It was very good. You think enjoyed. this
7: movie can be like up for Oscars next year? That is a great question. Um like Ben Affleck directed it. Is this as good as Argo?
2: I mean, it's different. I I have a hard time even as a, you know, as a sports fan. You would think I'd favor the sports movies, but I kind of put them in separate
7: categories. I do think, you know, you're talking about best pick or you talking about just actors in it? I guess a- anything, but we could also go there. Does this, you've now seen it, do you feel this is a sports movie or a regular, like, great movie that just happens to kind of deal in the world of sports? Like, you saw even, I think, the Will Smith movie, King Richard, last year. I love that movie. But I I don't know if I even view that as a sports movie. I view that as like a father movie, a family movie. Good comparison. Where sports were there. I think this is on par with that. This movie went... Is Viola Davis getting a supporting actress now? Also going in with the advantage that she's Viola Davis? I don't
2: know about that. Now, she was great. I don't know about that. And I don't know if Matt Damon is going to win... Uh, it's a tough call. My buddy Jimmy Tranta tweeted something about that, thinking, I think, with both Viola Davis and and Matt Damon. Let me just see what he said. Um, but I don't even know if I consider him a movie expert because he doesn't see as much uh, anymore. He said, yeah, Matt Damon and Viola Davis will get Oscar noms. I'm not sure I'm ready to say that, but the acting was on point. I think Bateman was great. I think they were all good. Viola Davis, very good, if not great. Matt Damon, very good, if not great. Ben Affleck, good. And I thought Bateman was great. I think it's got a shot. I think your compo of King Richard, that's a good one. Dude, here's the thing. Usually with movies, though, there's some kind of, like, I don't know, lull in there or... Uh, it was. It's hard to explain. It was well, they like, also,
7: especially with The Longer ones, you're right. They do that now, especially for the ones that are looking for awards. Hey, this movie could be an hour and 50 minutes. Let's make it two and a half hours. A little more drama, maybe. There were, like,
2: tense moments in this. Maybe... Maybe because I knew the ending, you know, because you know what happens, Maybe
7: then it does get awards because they'll say, all right, well, the screenplay or directing, whatever, like, Affleck, like, kept it tight. Like, it didn't go on longer than it had to.
2: Yeah, and that's why I loved it. And it kept me interested the entire time. But, Maybe because I knew the ending. I was, I never felt like, you know how you see a great movie. Well, I don't and know, emotions. I'll say
7: I knew the ending, another athlete movie that I mentioned a little while ago. I We all knew the ending of Argo. Sitting in the theater watching that, like my heart was pounding if you've seen that. Like the way he I built love, it I up. Love so Argo. I, maybe he's able to do the same thing with Air. Yeah, I forget
2: what happened with Argo. I mean, I love the movie when I saw it, but you talk well, about the hostages how many, make it out. How many years ago now was Argo? 10, 11. That was with John Goodman, right? Oh, geez, yeah, been yeah. That long. Alan yeah. Arkin
7: was in that. 2011. 10, that 000, was in college probably. when I came
2: out, yeah. 2011? Yeah. Jeez, that was before I even moved into that great apartment in the city. My point was that those movies, usually great movies, pull at your emotions. I mean, I did feel like welling up at a, a couple of times, but it just wasn't like, I wasn't, oh, is this going to happen? There was no, like...
7: Well, it's also, again, like Argo, the suspense was... They're making yeah, in the yeah. movie. It's life or death. Even though you know that they're making it at home, like this one is a shoe deal. So there's no life or death. Uh good movie. Uh, very good. If pop- Marco's able to only see one movie in the next year, yeah, I think you guys. Is this the this one, one he and his wife should watch at home one night? I
2: mean, I don't know. We got to think about some of the other ones. Right now, it's fresh in my mind, so I don't know if I could. The, the movie Air.
3: I figured you were talking about. Air.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other ones I would even recommend at this point. Like, did you see the new Top Gun movie?
3: I actually just saw it this weekend. What'd you think? I'll say that, I'll preface it with: I thought the first one was stupid. I thought it was real. I mean, there's some cheesy '80 movies. This was like really like over the top cheesy. Top Gun: Maverick was brilliant. It was tremendous. Yeah, I love that. Movie. I was stunned with how good, how good it was.
2: Have either of you seen uh, the uh, what was the new Black Panda, uh, Panther? Panther. We'll Wakanda Forever. Right? Did you see that one? Yes. What'd you think? I really liked it a
7: lot. Agreed. I saw. I'm trying to go over. And the And that was just because what it had to do after the first Black Panther and the passing of Chadwick Boseman, like that right.
3: was. I thought that was. I'm just that I needed to say. I, need I, I mean, add.
7: they they did the best they possibly could. It's, it's still a weird situation. Great movie. Did you see the first one?
3: I saw the first one was tremendous. Yeah, you'll That's love this. The last. One. I'm caught up to the Marvels until then. That's the last one that came out.
2: Avatar two. Have any of you seen Avatar? I 2? I did not.
7: I, the first Avatar was fine. I don't need to go spend three and a half hours in a theater. It was really good. Well, I didn't see the first one. Really? Yeah. It was really good. But I don't know if I would put it on I'll the I'll watch it on, you know, streaming and have a chance to pause and go to the bathroom in the middle. What about Creed 3? Anybody else?
3: I haven't seen it yet. Would you? Oh, absolutely. I'm definitely so You see saw that. the first two Creed? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: I want to see it. I'm a huge Rocky fan. I haven't seen it yet. So how many have you seen? Have you seen all of them except this one? I've seen one? all of them except for Creed 2 and Creed 3.
7: Okay. And Fleegs, you will see this or no? Eventually. I, I haven't seen the Creed movies yet, so we're probably going to try to do it. A- yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, these are good movies. I just put this one on Another level. Maybe it could then. Too early to tell. How about that? It's only... What, what month are we in here? March. What are the top movies so far that have been out this
7: year? Well, there Because the Oscars were just held, so there really won't be... Right. A lot, like, that's going to be the first one that maybe gets considered. But last year, Everything Everywhere All at Once came out around this time. And, you know, when, when a movie is that good, it can hold up until award season. I still got to see that one. And but- a- Air has the benefit of some of the biggest names, like in Hollywood. So right, if any yeah. movie can... Withstand the nine months. It's a movie directed by Ben Affleck with Matt Damon in it. Guys teaming up really in a big way for one of the first times since Goodwill Hunting. Jason Bateman was great. Oh yeah, is that the first time they've teamed up since then? No, I think maybe on a, like a on no, something like a on a project thing. this big. Yeah, like where they both I had mean, this much involvement.
3: I feel like they were been... a lot of bit roles together. But yeah, no, I mean. Since then, I mean, geez, they were in Dogma. That was a few years later, so no. I mean, talk about a great movie, yeah, Google they, Hunting. Uh, they've definitely been in stuff since, but I don't know if they've been on to this magnitude.
2: Where they're both like yeah, and also, 1 and 1A.
3: And also would have like directing, which you guys are talking Oscar worthy. Let's see if he actually, you were talking about Argo. Let's see if he gets a nod for best director. That thing won best picture. He wasn't even nominated for best director. He got completely. Oh, that's right. He got.
2: No, what's the difference? Like, how would we know? Well, we're not. I mean, we watch movies, but like, we
3: are not smart enough to know that. Right. I am, all, but I am smart enough to know if you're saying it's the best picture of the year. Right. The director did something direct, right. Yeah. He's not even nominated. That seems a little difficult.
7: I will say now. That I think. And about I remember it being a controversy at the time. Like it was insulting to like Affle- if the movie is that good that it could be best picture, and then it was. Then how does the director not get any right. recognition? Not to win, but you should be nominated.
2: I will say now that I think about it, this was a. Finally directed movie. (laughs) Very, I I think it was well done. The fact that you could sit there for two hours straight and be enthralled by every word into every part of the story. And it wasn't like a long drawn out take place over a long period of time. Like it was pretty cut and dry. One story, one goal, one thing. Mikey needs to get Jordan to sign. That's it. And I loved every second of it. I'd watch it again. I'd be curious to see what my wife thinks. Good rewatch factor. I will rewatch it, especially because I might have to with my wife if she's intrigued by it. But I'm also curious to see what she thinks because I'm
3: yeah, not a sports person ever. Yeah,
2: right? Well, as I mean, like I'm jaded. I I know the story, you know, but I do think it goes beyond that. It's a feel good story. A couple of times, you know, a little bit of an underdog story too. A couple of times, I got choked up. So watch it anyway. That's the bottom line. Must see.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.